Hey, what's good? What's good, y'all? Welcome to Willington Heights Community Church Podcast. We are a multicultural community joining God in a reconciliation of all things through worship, reconciliation, and neighborhood development. I am your host, Keon Carter. I get to co-pastor Willington Heights Community Church with my lovely wife, Stephanie. And in today's episode, Stephanie and I have made a list of things to absolutely do and absolutely not do when someone is experiencing suffering, grief, or pain. Uh, This is a particularly important topic, especially now that with COVID cases rising. We want to be the light of Christ and we want to do it well. You don't want to miss this episode. Hey, if you haven't already, go ahead and like and share our Facebook and Instagram page. And if you haven't left a rating or comment on this podcast, please do. Uh, We'd love to hear your feedback. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Let's lean in. Let's listen. There are so many people experiencing difficult life situations right now, whether it's the death of a loved one, a chronic illness, a job loss, or a pay reduction, terminal illness, or a diagnosis, people struggling with depression and anxiety, feeling despair and exhaustion from the racial oppression and unrest. Or maybe you know someone who's been somehow affected by the raging COVID-19 pandemic, or continuing to struggle in the aftermath of the derecho here in Cedar Rapids. Right now, you might be finding yourself in a unique position to love and care for someone around you who is hurting during this time. Or maybe you might be finding yourself in a position to be open and willing to be loved and cared for by others right now. Within life and ministry and from our mistakes, our learnings, and our observations, Kian and I have decided to come up with a list of things to absolutely do and absolutely not do or say to someone who is experiencing pain and suffering. So we're just going to jump in with our list of the absolutely never do. Now, I think we've all heard this question or even said this question to others. What can I do to help? Now, this has great intentions and is well-meaning, and we recognize that. But it's really, really hard when you're suffering, you're grieving, or you're sick to be able to answer that question. When I was pregnant with our boys, I suffered from HG, which is hyperemesis gravidarum, which to put simply is vomiting basically 24-7 over the nine months of the pregnancy. It was incredibly difficult. Now, during this time, I had a lot of wonderful, well-meaning people who asked how they could help. While I appreciated their generous and thoughtful gesture in this questions, a lot of times you can just be too sick to come up with an idea, or sometimes people like me who struggle with asking for help or receiving help or feeling like a burden. Now, instead of asking someone, what can I do and help, just go ahead and help. Another thing to never do or say to someone who is suffering is it could be worse. Now, downplaying someone's grief or suffering in any way is just kind of a knee-jerk reaction in our celebratory culture, especially within evangelical Christianity. We tend to want to rush towards the celebration, rush towards positivity instead of sitting with someone in their pain and suffering and lamenting with them. Now, lament, biblical lament, you know, always ends in hope. 
Um, Lament is not despair. It's not um, complaining. It's crying out to God, who is our true hope. But it is most important that we sit with people and to embody Emmanuel, God with us. Now, another thing to never say is, I knew or experienced this, and then continue to share your story. Now, this statement can sometimes end up in a one-upping of a situation because you knew someone who had a similar situation or you experienced this situation, and we can tend to communicate only that situation was far worse than what you're currently suffering. So let's not center ourselves or our stories when someone is suffering. Let's focus on others. Um, this storytelling can, or one-upping of a situation can not only be helpful, it's not helpful, but it's actually hurtful. Um, another thing to never say, um, is it's going to get better. This is only temporary. Again, this is just kind of downplaying the pain and suffering that someone is going through. Um, we have to acknowledge people's pain and suffering. And when you are suffering and you're grieving, you're in survival mode. All you can see is that right now that life is really, really hard. And what someone needs in this moment is someone to acknowledge your pain and just simply be with you in the pain. Now, one of the most damaging phrases that we can hear um, when someone is suffering is, well, everything happens for a reason. Now, the only thing worse than this phrase is pretending that you know the reason. Um, I've had so many people share their thoughts of reason or why I suffer from a chronic illness. Um, And sometimes Christians can share the most damaging reasons, like saying it's a lack of faith or sin, or even give a prayer track um, to heal you from your chronic illness. This is not only helpful, it's very, very hurtful, especially in a Christian context. Another thing to never say or do is to share, well, I've done some research and then you give a bunch of suggestions of what that person um, should do. Now, as someone who suffers from a chronic illness, I think I should listen to my team of medical specialists at Mayo Clinic. But I found that a lot of people think that they have what I need to do to feel better, whether it's following this particular diet or using all of these essential oils or doing this beach body exercise or insert any other multi-level marketing product they're trying to sell me. Um, the only thing worse than not meeting someone in their pain and seeking to be helpful and present in it is giving them a reason or a fix for their suffering. Now this phrase, um, this next phrase has to do particularly with grief. Um, Oftentimes our knee-jerk phrase can be saying, well, they are in a better place now. Although many people do find comfort in the belief that their loved one is in a better place or is with God, um, immediately following a loss is not the right time to say it. Oftentimes after losing a loved one, they might be in a state of shock, anger, or intense sorrow. And their knee-jerk reaction to that phrase might be thinking or saying, well, I still want my loved one to be here with me. Instead of saying that, acknowledge people's pain and sorrow. Another phrase 
that has a lot of good intentions is, well, God never gives us more than we can handle. Now, while the intentions of this are nice and attempting to communicate a person's strength and the strength that God can give us, it's neglecting the pain, the suffering, the hardship that someone is facing. And it's not showing a willingness to come along in practical ways to be with that person. So instead of all of those things, let's just go ahead and give these things a go. These are our absolutely go ahead and do. So I'd love to bring you a meal this week. What are your food aversions or allergies? What day works for you? And you can replace that simple phrase with any helpful task, whether it's taking the kids to the park, hiring someone to clean up the house for the month, um, sending a card, bring chocolate, send a funny Instagram video to make someone laugh, send flowers or a nice note, do something that suits your gifts, your personality, and your relationship to that person. Another thing to just go ahead and do is just have silence. Now, the truth is that no one knows exactly what to say in a hard situation. Nobody has the perfect words. It's awkward. Pain and grief is hard. Sudden tragedy is hard and awkward. People are weird and suffering and sick bodies can make us all feel and be awkward. So take this advice from a former mentor of mine. Show up and shut up. Presence is what matters most. Being with people and being prayerful of what to say and when is important. And most of the time, our silence and just our presence is the most important thing. Now, another thing to just go ahead and say is a lot of people are wondering how you're doing during this time. Can I be assigned as the point person to keep everyone updated? Now, I know for me, this would take a huge relief off of my shoulders in times of tragedy or suffering. It's thinking like, wow, I'm not going to be responsible in giving everyone an update and you'll handle giving the details to everyone. Whew, yes, please. Um, now, I think that this is a helpful way to feel like you can help others stay informed and also relieve a burden of responding to lots of texts, emails, and social media messages. And you might think that asking someone in crisis for an update or like on text or email is showing an act of care, but as I have lived in the midst of crisis and walked alongside people in the midst of crisis... It's incredibly difficult to keep everyone up to date with adding to more exhaustion to what you are already doing and experiencing, especially if you're asking, if someone's asking for an update and not willing to be of anyone, of like of any help. It just feels intrusive and just like another nosy Nelly getting into my business, right? So if you know someone who is suffering, Offer to be the point person to help keep everyone informed. Now, another thing to simply say is friend or insert their name. This sounds so difficult. Maybe the weirdest thing about having something awful happen is the fact that no one wants to hear about it. People tend to just want to hear a brief summary, but won't, don't want to sit down or here in detail with the emotion and the depth of what's really going on. 
And that feels really awful. That's a lonely place to be. So slow down. If you know someone who's suffering, let them talk for a bit. Be willing to feel the pain that they are experiencing. Don't be distracted when they're talking. Um, Life is really, really hard. And pretending it isn't when you're suffering or grieving is exhausting. So let's listen without offering any cliches or solutions or quick positivity notes. Let's be with the people who are suffering. Now, this is an important one. Research. Take time to learn about your friend's diagnosis or take time to understand the process of grief. Learn about systemic racism. Do your part to seek to understand without placing the role of teaching on the person who is currently suffering. Now, we wanted to end with acknowledging that those who are on the side of currently experiencing suffering in their life right now, whether that be a job loss or loss of a loved one or a sickness, we see you and we want to show up for you as a faith community. I was chatting with a friend a while back who also experiences chronic illness and with sarcasm and also in all seriousness, she said, well, if the suffering from our illness doesn't kill us, people's good intentions will. So let's forgive each other in our sometimes awkward and sometimes hurtful attempts to help one another. So we commit and let's all commit that we will do better in coming alongside those who are suffering. We can't use the excuse that, well, we mean well, we have good intentions any longer. Let's really lean in and listen and learn to how we can come alongside someone who is suffering to provide support, love, and care and God's presence during a really hard time. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Remember to turn on your notifications to be the first to listen to future episodes. Also, be sure to like and share this podcast and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We are relying upon the benevolent gifts of donors to continue our ministry in an urban setting. So if you are compelled to give, please give a gift at donorbox.org backslash WHCC. Hey, thank you and be blessed.